1: The Bible actually teaches that the world is becoming increasingly covered with the knowledge of the glory of God. That should change everything in the mind of a Christian. Instead of thinking about all the ways society is failing, we should think about all the ways society must be, as Psalm one ten one tells us, put underneath the feet of Jesus in victory. The Rebel Podcast. We would be honored if you would join
0: us. Welcome back to the Rebel Podcast. P Nate, Dave, Garage Mahal, how you doing, buddy?
1: I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Number one, thanks for. Uh, oh, you <laughs> thanks for the, yeah, thanks for the intro. I was
0: hoping if I did the intro, you wouldn't remember to call no, me number one. Yes. Um, even though I really enjoy the nickname, it just feels weird if I call myself that. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can't
1: call yourself that, but that's okay. I did I get a
0: T-shirt. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> I'm number one. This <laughs> is I
0: am number one. But there's a comma, right? Like uh, so it's like I am number one. Got it. So it's like. Like, um, it's my name. I don't even know if that's the right grammar for that, to be honest with you. It isn't, but oh, okay.
1: that's okay. Grammar on t-shirts is... Uh, I wasn't homeschooled, so... Um, that, but yeah. that. <laughs>
0: <That's>
1: the result... <laughs> Welcome back to the Rebels, P-Nate and Pooty. the result of public education. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, All right, times. we're the Rebels. Uh, we're on the Fight, Laugh, Feast network. We would encourage you to get that app or... Uh, Yeah, you might be listening to us on whatever podcast catcher you use. Uh, We would encourage you to download the app because that's uncancelable. We've all spent time in Facebook jail and YouTube jail. Go and listen to the other podcasts. There's lots of stuff happening on the Canadian side. The American side is a great network, and they got some stuff coming up. Make sure you come to the conference, all that jazz.
0: I got a 24-hour. I didn't even know they did 24-hour Facebook bans like a week ago. We talked about it last episode. I post that thread apparently on, I was chiming in on other people's threads uh, and like, they did not like what I said. So they, I guess they reported, and that means you get like a 24 hour time out of like not being able to like oh, share except in your private groups. And so I'm like, that's weird. So yeah. like, I couldn't like, like I could still write the post up, but I couldn't actually submit it. And it would like give me a little thing. So it only lasted for 24 hours though. So interesting. I'm back baby. You're back.
1: You're yeah. back. Well, that's actually kind of what we wanted to talk about is last week's episode and a little bit of just kind of follow up from it. Uh, one of the questions we got sort of we, we tagged it on on the end of the episode is actually supposed to be a more substantial part of the episode, but we got going and you got, you got preachy. <laughs> yeah, I got <laughs> preachy. But well, I mean, we, I think we we're trying to equip people for conversations that are happening now that, you know, social media is blown up with all this Roe v. Wade stuff. All that to say, one of the things we said near the end was basically get into the fight. So, you had some questions that came in that we kind of wanted to chat through when people were like, okay, what did you mean by that? So, that's what we're going to talk about today. So, why don't you walk us through some of the questions that people had and, and some of the things that we wanted to chat about? Yeah. So, the keep big, us on track today, number one.
0: <laughs> beautiful. So, the big idea to you steal a natism of this episode is that there's been a number of people who have reached out to both, uh, both of us and who's like, or in support of us doing. What we're doing on fa- on Facebook in terms of like, you know, fighting the fight, arguing it out, and they're very positive of what we're doing, and like almost sending us responses like, why don't you say this? Like this is a great, and like inevitably, what do we do? We're like, why don't you post that? I'm busy, I'm driving, or whatever. Yeah. Post that, and then what? Almost universally comes back as like, oh, I can't be the guy who gets in the fight. I don't want to say that. I'm too, I'm too, I'm too scared, I'm which too is actually, timid,
1: I'm too whatever.
0: Exactly. And those are actually the real responses. Yeah. Um, so I actually respect those people a little bit more than the people who's like, oh, that's just not my, that's just yeah. not my thing. I don't, I don't believe in fighting on Facebook. And I, and so we want to kind of talk about the idea of like, I call it like silence is acceptance. Cause like, that's a rhetoric that the woke movement has used. Like if you're not speaking out, you're, yeah, you're actually an ally, right? Yeah let's use the rhetoric against them. So almost turn the focus back on us internally to the church and say, this is the time where silence isn't going to get us anything. This is a time where people are watching. They're watching to know what we think about yep. this issue. And it's not a time to be timid. It's not a yeah. time to be scared. It's a time to, Either A, just celebrate it, like yep. <laughs> shout it out as they say, as the um, wolf crowd says, or just simply get into the fight I mean, in terms of like, let people know that you're on the pro-life side. And I personally, so this is just me, I'm just ranting myself now. One of the reasons we have so much pushback in culture is that we say this all the time. There's a very vocal minority of people who are You know, pushing the the trans agenda, pushing the gender agenda. It's a minor amount of people who are doing this. The overwhelming amount of people, I'm not saying they're Christian. What I'm saying is they actually are uncomfortable with those kind of things. And in this situation with the abortion specifically, we have a number of people who are staying silent And so, therefore, what it looks like is that the pro life movement is a fringe minority with unacceptable views. And what we need is the trucker convoy of Christians and the trucker convoy of not even just Christians, because there's hundreds of people who are pro life who aren't Christian. Like Muslims agree with us here. Yeah. Catholics (laughs) agree with us here. Yep. um, Where they don't with many other things. So, we need everybody to kind of chime in and be like, it's not just a fringe minority. It's actually a fairly large part of the population who thinks this is a a horrendous genocide that's been happening in North America and all around the world for 30 years, 40 years. And it just simply needs to stop. We can mend the relationships with these people later. What really needs to stop is the murder. It's like the idea of like to not do this would be to say, well, we shouldn't go to war with Germany because I I don't want to waste our soldiers. I don't want our soldiers to get killed. But like, I understand that those people are getting like, so if you're, if you're okay with us not going to war here, then you're okay with what's happening. You know what I mean? And so I know, and I know people just got super offended because I basically just said, if you're not willing to speak out, you're okay with abortion. I know that's not the case, but I'm saying that's the mentality that gets us into a situation where we right. wait to go to Be- fight.
1: Because there's such a silent majority I think that most people assume that those who are silent on this issue are pro-choice right especially here in canada what ends up happening is you get the few vocal guys like you and i or whoever who will go in and and wade into the vitriol and the venom and the everything and take it take it on the chin in some cases and then you have a bunch of people like you say kind of cheering from the sidelines And then you also have a bunch of people who don't think that we should be fighting like that on Facebook. It's like, now is not the time for us to be gloating. Now is not the time. There's women who are really, you know. And so those are two different crowds. But my point here is that I think both of those crowds in the minds of the pro-abortionists are actually swallowed into another category. And that is those who just aren't saying anything who are pro-abortion in their minds it allows for these falsehoods to embed themselves in the people's minds that like ours is the minority view i saw a post where it kind of summarized or it was a collage of a bunch of celebrities who and who had spoken out against this Mm -hmm. and it's very interesting because hollywood is so incredibly liberal and so incredibly morally bankrupt that i think they're the ones who are most up in arms over all this right because it's sort of like wait a second, like, how could this have happened? None of us believe this should like, And so there's this almost like, well, Donald Trump appointed a couple uh, uh, wacko judges who made this decision and nobody wants it, right? There really is this mentality, like, this isn't what the world wants. This is only a couple of conservatives who want this. And I think every Christian who is silent... Is fostering that mentality, fostering yeah. that view.
0: They get lumped in to the acceptance crowd, right? right? Exactly. We actually saw this happen in the states when very few people actually thought Trump was going to win when he won. Part of that reason, it almost felt like a surprise, is because like the media didn't give yeah. him a lot of credit because he's like, on the View, so
1: they <laughs> didn't give him much of a chance.
0: <laughs> uh, so you just remind me of the Babylon be with the devil. Yeah, no, like, no. He's like on the View, my favorite show. Be like hilarious. Because the media was saying, like, oh, he doesn't have a chance, all, the, all this stuff. There was, like, the loud people were saying he didn't. But, like, the silent majority actually was for him. But, like, what happens is everybody thought they weren't because they weren't speaking out. They were going to the rallies right. and, and whatnot. So pushback number one in the, in the episode. I'm sure we'll get tons of it. But the pushback number one is don't be silent about it. Yeah. Because of the fact that, like, that actually to your neighbors, to your coworkers, to your friends, to your family, to whoever your circle is. It actually to them means that you you agree with them.
1: Yeah. So let me ask you this, Chris, I'm a Christian. We're all gifted in different ways. And some of us are gifted for confrontational conversation and, and apologetics and, and all that kind of stuff. Some of us aren't, that's not my gifting. That's not my spiritual gift, if you will. And that's not how God wired me. So I don't need to get into the fight, right? False. Um,
0: <laughs> so I was just about to pull it up. I forgot my Bible today, so I don't have it in front of me. Wow! Uh, I know. I'm suddenly. When I was a youth
1: pastor, I used to say, uh, "If you forget your Bible coming to youth, it's like coming to youth without your pants. Like, like it's <laughs> it's as important as the clothing you put on. Like, don't don't go out without pants on. Don't go out without your Bible."
0: I have a lot of funny stories about like what I would bring to school with and have my Bible, but forget like. Lunch and things like that, like, but anyway, so what I I was going to say is like, there's a proverb and and Jesus reiterates like out of the mouth of babes and infants, shame the wise kind of, kind of idea. And so like, even if you're not equipped, even if you think like what pastor Nate does is like, it's awesome. It's great. and, And he's so articulate, yada, yada, yada. That's true. You're probably going to have a, a, like a proportional impact based on your argument, but out of the mouth of babes. So out of the simple, out of the lowly, you can shame the wise because truth wins. Like, and so even if you're not articulate, even if you're not great at what you're saying, you can still speak truth. You can still say, I agree. Or you can just literally
1: say, I agree, Nate. You don't have to wade into the comment section and and waste a bunch of time going back and forth with all the people who, who give ulterior arguments. Like you might sit there and say, oh, man, but like my workplace, people in my work are on my social media. Good. Good. That's that's a good thing. You're like, well, I could lose my job. Okay, good. Not good that you lose your job, but like good that this gets pushed. It was interesting. So my wife works well, at a secular like, so, institution.
0: Sorry, I just cut you off. I didn't yeah, mind. Go for it. I was going to say, like, do you think God has you in your job for the work that you're doing? Like, right. And like, or is it just, a mission field? Right. If, like, exactly. It's so like, if you lose your job, do you think for a second that God is going to leave? Oh, like, oh man, you shouldn't have done that. Like, I'm just going to, yeah, I'm just going to abandon have spoke you. should up now? in like, favor of the, uh, ex- Exactly. Like, like, it's just, it, honestly, it's just, you don't trust in God's sovereignty in, the, in those situations. Right.
1: So, I cut you off. Yeah. So my wife works one day a week at a secular institution. And it was interesting on the day that Roe v. Wade was overturned, a co-worker sent out an email to everybody in her department saying sad day. And then it was an article about this. And so Colleen like called me and, and was really upset by this. And she's like, I'm going to respond. She's like, I just don't know how to. I'm going to pray about it. And so she For prays her. about it. And she did the whole like, well, I could lose my job. I could do this. And she was like, but you know what? if I get in trouble for my response, then that gives me an opportunity to say, why was she allowed to share her opinion, but I can't share my opinion. So she just responded and it was very simple. It wasn't like a big argument. She didn't do the whole like, you know, Nate, you you know, um, you sound an awful lot like a slaver trying to, you know, (laughs) she didn't do all that, but she just said, I actually disagree. I think we're headed in the right direction. So please don't speak for all of us. Man, good for her, right? I just say that to say, you don't know what more opportunities God wants to draw out of your speaking up. You could go on Facebook and you can just say what you said in your post, even though yours blew up, you know, praise God, you know, great day. Roe v. Wade is overturned. Lots of babies will be saved. And turn off the comments. Don't let people respond, right? Just do that. That's no problem. The point is, say something. This is monumentous. Say something. The way I look at this is, God wanted a victory, not the victory, not the ultimate victory, but a victory. It's sort of like David killing Goliath, right? And what happened right after David killed Goliath? He chopped off Goliath's head, and then all the Israelites chased the Philistines. The equivalent of not saying something and not using this opportunity to speak up is the equivalent to not chasing the Philistines after they run away. You know what I mean? God just took down a giant. And now he's calling all of us to run forward and, and chase the Philistines. Your silence means you're just standing there going like, I don't know if David should have done that. <laughs> he was already dead. Did he really need to chop his head off too?
0: <laughs> I picture that Simpsons like,
1: stop it. He's already dead. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, right. So anyway, you got some questions about. Yeah, I do. Uh,
0: yeah. Um, so the, we kind of actually hit the first one. The first one is like,
1: why should we get in the fight? Right. Um, I think because you're an Israelite and David just slew Goliath.
0: Yeah. <laughs> hashtag um. (laughs) the second one is like we've just told everybody needs to stop being silent and get in the fight so then how should christians be in the fight like what's our demeanor that we attack this issue i'm fairly on the edge of like you're a murderer stop doing it which isn't necessarily the most whimsome (laughs) way to approach the subject right but like not everybody's gonna say that so what's the posture behind how we celebrate this victory
1: yeah i think number one it has to be full of gratitude to God, right? Like let's credit God with this victory, right? So it's not gloating, it's not arrogance, right? None of that. It's it's gratitude to God for what he's done. So that's got to be evident in all that we're saying. Credit God with the victory and show your gratitude to him. The other thing I would just say is that I actually think and and I know I'm in a bit of a minority on this view. I actually think that snarkiness is a divine quality. <laughs> I, I think that sometimes sarcasm, right, satirical bite, I think that these are actually strategies employed in Scripture by Elijah, by Jesus, by Paul. I think it's used in Scripture a lot more than people think so i actually don't have a problem with a little bit of attitude in some of the stuff like you know so for example when you have a woman who would say something like well it's my body my choice and then you say something like wow that you know that sounds an awful lot like slavers who said you know you can't tell me what to do with my property like that's snarky response that's not necessarily winsome that's a bit pointed but i don't necessarily think that that's a bad thing i think that you can do that in a way That, yeah, it might be a little bit sarcastic. It might be a little bit snarky. But what you're not doing is demeaning the person. You're demeaning their worldview. And I think that's a major difference. So what we shouldn't get involved in is ad hominem attacks, which is all that's really happening that I see out there with Christians. Well, you Christians are just misogynists. You're just this, that, all right, we're not dealing with the issue anymore. Now you're just telling me how much I, you know. So I think that there are a couple of things. I do think that one of the lines that I'm seeing too many Christians cross is by calling everybody who is pro-abortion baby murderers or or killers or whatever. Well, if they haven't had an abortion, they're not a murderer. Right. And so the idea of like, well, you just love killing babies. Like, you know, there's a lot of people who know what they're doing and it is, it's just blatant sin. They want to kill their baby because at the end of the day, they just don't want to be accountable to anybody. They want full autonomy, right? They want to be able to make their choices and do whatever they want. But I think that there are a lot of people who are just caught in this sort of cultural lies that have been floating around this issue for a long time. There are people who will make what I think is a very ignorant argument. Well, it's just a clump of cells. It's not a human being at that point, blah, blah, blah. There isn't necessarily any malevolent intent behind their argument. That's just bad education. They probably went to public school. You know, <laughs> give, give them a break. But that is because society has been lying about that for a long time. Similarly, I think... So they're
0: they're deceived then, right? They're deceived, right? And so So, our our job would then be to shed light and so that they're like almost forced into like being either ignorant or educated.
1: And so what you'll see when you look at some of the people who I think are doing this very well is they do make a differentiation between those who are deceiving and those who are deceived, right? When you think about, and this is sort of my famous story that I use to defend a serrated edge, so to speak, in our cultural engagement is the confrontation at Mount Carmel, right? Elijah is mocking the prophets of Baal because they're the deceivers, but he is doing so in view of the Israelites who are the deceived. So they're the ones who he's trying to win. He's not trying to win the prophets of Baal, right? They're too far gone. And I think in our argumentation and in our engagement, we have to recognize who are the deceivers and who are the deceived. And it's okay for you, I think, personally, I think there's biblical merit in taking a harder stance, a harsher stance, with the deceivers, even in view of the deceived. And for me, I'm putting the deceived, both those who are pro-choice, who have been deceived by bad arguments, as well as the Christians who believe that social media is not the place to have these kinds of arguments. I think they've been deceived as well because what they've been deceived of to believe is that their Christian ethic is not accepted in the public sphere. Guess what? Christian, you're the only one who believed that lie because the Muslims, the secular humanists, the pagans, they've been bringing their worldview into the public square for years. You're the only one who was duped into thinking that you need to leave it at the door of Facebook, leave it at the door of the office, leave it at the door of, of the school. That's one thing I would say is, is differentiate between the deceivers and the deceived.
0: Absolutely. That's a really good word. <laughs> Facebook and and social media today is the street corner of the old days, right? Like totally. it's it's the, it's the water cooler, it's the water cooler, it's the newsstand where everybody got the headline papers. It's the steps at the temple in Ephesus where yep. Paul would proclaim, yep. like it's the that's well, what's so, exactly. it's the well, right? Exactly. That's that's in the uh, uh, East. interesting. That that's you you brought that when you were talking about like the snarkiness. That's the story that came to my to my mind. Jesus isn't being whimsome when he's like. No, you, you say you've been married, but no, I actually say you've had five guys. He's yeah. he's calling her a whore. He's not wrong about it. And he he's doesn't...
1: doing it at a crowded well. I know that there's people, oh, midday, there wouldn't have been as many people there. There was never a time in the day when a well in the Middle East was not busting with people.
0: Exactly. So he very publicly shames her. Yeah. He doesn't end it there. You no. know I mean? Like he keeps going, but like there is that level of like, no, no. Like there is that like satire. I. It's funny that you brought up like satire basically. The Babylon B, I think, has been more educational over the last two years than many of our churches. Ooh. So I know that that kind of um, through the use of satire, the exposure they've given so many things that actually think they've had a better witness than many of the churches on this issue, on many of the political things that have happened, like vaccines, COVID, over the last couple of years, because of their use of satire. I think you're actually right. Satire cuts in a way that it cuts us and the Good other person. Good satire does, for it, sure. Absolutely. It makes us re-examine what we think. Back to your, your point about, like, should Christians get on social media to do this? Like, absolutely we should yeah. be, because this is where the cultural war yeah. is. This is not a time for us to shrink back this isn't a time for us to not say anything it's not a time for us to just be in our churches and high-fiving each other about this all good stuff by the way let's do that on sunday lots of high fives -fives. this is a time to push out like we've talked previously um, probably a lot of times to be honest like the verse that everybody kind of misquotes with the the gates of hell will not prevail against the church A gate doesn't prevail against anything. It's a defensive mechanism. Right. The church pushes through the
1: gate. would be to ward off an attack.
0: Exactly. We push through the gates of hell to destroy their kingdom. Right. And to plunder their house, right? So this is a time where the gate just literally broke.
1: Got kicked open. So
0: let's bust through and like... Slaughter. <laughs> I like, slaughtering slaughter you? them all. Yeah. Um, but like, that's the, that's the imagery yeah. of the promised land, right? Yeah, which, right. which was making God's kingdom. You know, I mean, and what, what did God tell them to take everybody out? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, and I'm not saying like, you know, go do that to your neighbors or anything, but like, this is the time for you to be like, have the conversation, post it on yeah. social media, all the, all those so
1: things. I'm going to say one other thing to that. And this sure. is, this is a more, I guess, a more personal thing. And that is, don't be arrogant. And don't get me wrong, confidence can look like arrogance, and social media is a place where we insert the tone, right? So don't get me wrong, I think that there's a lot of times I've been accused of arrogance. There have been many times, I'm sure, when I have been arrogant. Like Pride is something that we, we all struggle with, and I'm certainly not immune to that in any way, shape, or form. But... There have been plenty of times when I've been accused of arrogance when I have searched my heart, when I have brought in accountability and there hasn't been arrogance in that particular thing. Right. So I say that to say, like, it's a very personal thing. So when I say don't be prideful, I mean, you know, your own heart. What are you trying to accomplish there? Are you trying to advance the kingdom? Are you trying to convince the deceived? Right. Are you there answering questions for the onlooker? Or are you trying to look smarter than other people? Are you trying to look like you won an argument? Are you trying to beat them into the ground, right? Are you trying to shame them, not their position? Are you on there to see how many likes your post or your response got? What are you there for? And I think social media does... Lend itself to that, like, oh, how many likes my response, God, is how many people think I'm smarter or I'm winning this argument. Like, it's not about who's winning that argument. It's are you representing Christ well? And when I say that, I'm not saying, oh, we represent Christ well by being gentle and lowly. We already had an episode a couple weeks ago. Gentle and lowly is not enough. Now is not the time. Yes, of course, we're called to be gentle. Yes, that's one of the fruits of the spirit. But now is not the time for gentleness to take a front seat and courage to take a back seat, right? Jesus chastised the Pharisees for not seeing that, reading the signs of the times. And I think now is a time for boldness. Now is a time for courage. And we can do that alongside gentleness when we are doing so in humility. But humility doesn't necessarily mean that you don't speak truth or that you don't do it with courage and boldness. It just simply means that you are not prideful in it. You're not there for the wrong reasons. So that would be my other thing in terms of how Christians should, should engage.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely right. Like you can check your own heart in this, like yeah. to use one of those Christianese things, check yeah. your heart. If you're out there for the gotcha argument, like that's you're right. setting somebody up for something. And yeah. I know there's, there is cleverness to arguments and I'm not, I'm not saying don't be clever in your argument, but where that's what you're shooting for. Right. Is the, is the you're like, gotcha. you looking for the mic drop. You, exactly. Like yeah. you can't beat that argument. I trumped you. That's when you know, you've probably crossed into the, the place where you're no longer concerned about the person on the other end of that message. Like you're not trying to win somebody back. So like we think about this a lot of time with like evangelism or apologetics where it's like the good apologist just continues to poke holes in people's arguments for the intention that that person realizes their argument doesn't have any like as a a house of cards that's falling so that they're won into the faith. That's the point, right? Like where a bad apologist is simply out there just to got you. That argument doesn't work. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, but there's no like. Okay. Well, so you got me. So,
1: I will like, just add to that, and I know I know this isn't what you meant, but I would just say, <laughs> yeah, I, fix, fix no, no, what I said. <laughs> no, no, not not fixing it. I just want to. I just want people to be clear because I do think, generally speaking, the people who have chimed in on your post, which is you know what got us into this whole conversation, generally the conversations that you're having, you're not going to win the person you're talking to. Hundred percent. Right. So I I do want to make it clear that the people that you are trying to influence are the onlookers. They're the ones who are watching these arguments. They're the pro-choicers and the pro-lifers who are watching, who need to know that there is an answer to their arguments, that my body, my choice is not a valid reason to kill children, right? That it isn't actually just their body, that it's not whether a morality is uh, is, uh, pushed on another, it's which morality and upon whom. All those things we talked about last week, but those things are necessary, you know, not to win the person you're talking to. And I think that's one thing that like when Christians sit back and they they look at our interaction on social media and say, oh man, they're so mean and they're so whatever and they're that's never going to work. Well of course it's not going to work on that person. But what it is supposed to do is supposed to make you as a silent Christian get on there and get into the fight yourself. Or it's supposed to have those onlookers who are pro-abortion who are going, Huh, I never really thought of that argument. They're never going to chime in on the post, but they're reading it.
0: Absolutely. Not to make myself the hero here, but the biggest thing that's been impactful for the posts and all that stuff is it has been the people who have texted to be like, "I have a question. Yeah. Don't want to post it on Facebook." Totally. And like then we're having a real conversation that's not public and it's just like, "Oh, that's great." 100%. And that's been happening from non-Christians and Christians. Yeah. My wife has actually been upset with me over the last week cuz I spent like hours on my phone, which I'm not normally like my, my phone goes yep. away doing that because I'm answering questions of people that have been reading the thread. Not one of these people have posted on the, on the thread. That's right. And it's like, okay, so the ministry, the disciple making that we're doing outside of the public ministry that's happening is very good. And I don't, again, I'm not saying that to be like, look at us go or anything like that. But what's interesting is like you hit on something like we're not trying to win the people who are adamantly against us. It'd be great. The Holy Spirit could do that. We saw Paul became a Christian, even though he was like very adamantly, Jesus wasn't trying to make the Pharisees turn and repent when he was calling them broods of vipers and whatnot. But what he was doing, he was, he was strengthening Peter. He was strengthening James. He was strengthening John in their boldness, in their faith. So that later when Peter would stand up and say, you killed Jesus, repent. Many people get saved, but it was also the other people, not just necessarily the direct disciples. There was all that big crowd who said nothing, who was That's watching right. and hearing Jesus and 500 of them ended up following Christ. And it probably a lot of those after like became the people who became the church, you know, when they were like, oh yeah, he did say he was going to do this. And I remember, I remember him saying that. So like, it is a lot of times the argument that we're having between me and whoever on Facebook or you and whoever on Facebook that argument is valuable to everybody else who's watching. Right? right. So therefore like our challenge would be then to all of the Christians who are like, well, that's not my role. Everybody's role is to give a defense for the, for yeah. the faith that's in them. Everybody's role is to proclaim the truth. Everybody's role is to teach, baptize, make, <laughs> make, make, make babies. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. true, true. It true. Um, You're not make, wrong. Di- make disciples is the word I was trying to go for. That is everybody's mandate. So you are meant to do those things. Now, Huge caveat, not every single person is going to be on Facebook. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's true, but you still should be speaking about
1: this. I hey, want to throw one other thing out there is, and one of the things that we sometimes get accused of is that what we say online is more harsh or more hard than when people see us and talk to us face to face. Like, I can't tell you how many times I'm like, oh, you're actually a nice guy. Yeah, I, I, I am a nice guy, right? Doug Wilson was talking about this not that long ago where he's just like, generally people who know me think I'm a pretty nice guy, but everybody who just knows me online, you know, thinks I'm a jerk.
0: I get a lot. I thought you would have been thinner. And he was just like, <laughs> mm-hmm,
1: no. But I do think that there's actually something that we are trying to imitate in Christ in this. Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And apparently Paul had the same problem in in 2 Corinthians 10. He says, I, Paul, myself, entreat you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. Okay, so he's entreating us by what? The meekness and the gentleness of Christ. That's what everybody wants, right? Everybody wants you to be the lamb, not the lion, right? The meekness, the gentleness of Christ. He says, I, who am humble when face to face, but bold towards you when I am away, I beg that when I am present, I may not have to show boldness with such confidence as I count on showing against some who suspect us as walking according to the flesh. Right after that is when he goes into his spiritual warfare thing, right? The weapons of warfare are powerful. They tear down strongholds. They destroy arguments against Christ. They take every thought captive. And yet he says, right, the guy who's humble when he's with you, but is bold when he's away. And I think part of that is, and you saw this in Jesus. You remember what the disciples said when they came to Jesus? They said, why do you teach the people in parables? And why do you say hard things to them? And then what did he say? Because the secrets of the kingdom haven't been given to them. They've been given to you. Now, basically, I'm paraphrasing Jesus. Now, what are your questions? They're like, okay, well, we didn't understand this parable. He's like, let me tell you, right? And that's what exactly what you, so you're out there and you're fighting online. And what's happening? People are coming to you. They're text messaging you and saying, well, what about this? Well, there's that person who comes to you. There's that disciple who went to Jesus and said, now, what about this, right? The whole point in this is that, why did Jesus say hard things to people? Let the dead bury their own dead. Don't go and bury your father. Come and follow me. Like, oh, geez, like Jesus, gentle and lowly. Come on now. Yeah, but but the, the reason he does those things is because he's trying to separate the wheat and the chaff. And I think that one of the things that happens when we are bold is it begins to separate the deceiver from the deceived and our combating the deceivers, I think, so seeds that God can water and cause to grow in the deceived. That makes sense? Absolutely. Cool.
0: I think that's great. Let's I think we yeah, should leave it there. right there. If um, you have any
1: questions, anybody who's listening, if you have any questions, reach out to Chris, not to me, but reach, <laughs> <laughs> reach out to Chris ask him your questions because our, some of our favorite episodes and and we haven't done a whole lot of these as, as much recently is, is when we're just answering your questions. So if you have questions about this, reach out to Chris, we'll answer your questions in episodes because this is what the whole podcast is about. It's equipping you for cultural engagement.
0: Yeah. We, we also need content. So give us some yeah, questions. That, yeah, that helps too. <laughs> yeah. Then we don't
1: have to come up with it on the way to Garage Mahal next week. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Have See a great
0: you. one guys. <laughs>